0: section and we'll do next Friday. Oh no, next, Friday's next Friday's Friday's Friday is the wedding. So in two Fridays we will do the intro to the bonus and then step one, two, and three. And then we'll, the following Friday we'll do the last steps, four, five, six, and seven. Do we get extra points for the bonus? Yes. The bonus Gold stars. stars. If you look at
1: that bonus, holy cow! <laughs> I had anxiety time when I looked at that bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and it's intense, too. Yeah, well, it is. It, well, it I is. is. answering all my questions. Cause to
0: all that. But tonight we're on goals and desires. On page 93, session 11. 1 Timothy five. But the goal of our instruction is to love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Carrie, you take the uh, word...
1: God's goals for our lives are definable, defensible, and achievable by faith. We must learn to differentiate between godly goals and personal desires. If we have the wrong goals, the results will show up in the way we live. I I love that. I underline that. -hmm. Um, Wrong goals can be blocked, resulting in anger, uncertain, resulting in anxiety, and impossible, leading to
2: depression.
0: Ariana, living on the right path, please.
2: Our Christian walk is the result of what we believe. Mm-hmm. If our faith is off, our walk will be off. If our walk is off, we need to take a good look at what we believe. Walking by faith simply means functioning in daily life on the basis of what we believe. In fact, we are already walking by faith, every Christian alive is. The difference is in what or whom we believe. If what we are doing is no longer bearing any fruit, we need to change what we believe because our misbehavior is the
0: result of what we have chosen to believe. Okay. And Tom, would you mind reading feelings or God's red flags and warning? There's A, B, and C for that part.
3: A, hey, anger signals a blocked goal. When activity in a relationship or a project results in feelings of anger, it is usually because someone or something has presented, prevented us from accomplishing what we wanted. B. Anxiety signals an uncertain goal. When we feel anxious in a task or relationship, this can be a signal that we are uncertain about our goal. C. Depression signals an impossible goal. Depression can be the result of biochemical factors. But if there is no physical cause, then depression is often rooted in a sense of hopelessness or helplessness. This type of depression, depression is a signal that a particular goal, no matter how spiritual or noble, may be impossible or hopeless.
0: And Gilda, if you can take the next two sections for us.
4: Okay. Wrong responses to those who frustrate goals. When someone or something threatens our plans, some of us may attempt to control or manipulate the people or circumstances that stand between us and our goals or respond by getting bitter, angry, or resentful, or maybe even restore, resort to playing the martyr. Turning bad goals into good goals. God does not assign goals that we can not achieve. His goals are possible, certain, and achievable. We need to understand what His goals for our lives are, and then say as Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according
0: to carry goals versus desires.
1: Okay. This is just funny because, like, out of everything, there was one paragraph that, like, I just had to give up on because I had a mental block, and then you give me that to read, but whatever. Like, (laughs) I refuse to even think about it anymore, and I don't want to discuss it. (laughs) Because I'm having trouble understanding it. And, like, I went over and over and decided just to move on and not make it a part of the study. A godly goal is any specific orientation that reflects God's purpose for our life and does not depend on people or circumstances beyond our ability or right to control. A godly desire is any specific result that depends on the cooperation of other people... Or on the success of events or favorable circumstances which we have no right or ability to control.
0: And Ariana.
2: See? (laughs) Okay, I got nothing.
0: God's primary goal for us.
2: (laughs) It's just a bunch of words. God's goal for us is that we become who He created us to be. Sanctification is God's will, His goal for our life. There are distractions, diversions, disappointments, trials, temptations, and traumas that come along to disrupt the process. However, the tribulations we face are actually a means of achieving the supreme goal of conforming to the image of God. Read the following poem by an unknown author. Disappointments, His Appointment Change one letter, then I see that the Mm thwarting of my purpose is God's better choice for me. His appointment must be blessed, though it may come in disguise, for the end from the beginning open to his wisdom Mm lies. Disappointment his appointment, no good will he withhold. From denials oft we gather treasures of his loved untold. Well, he knows each broken purpose leads to fuller, deeper trust, and the end of all his dealings proves our God is wise and just speaking. Disappointment's his appointment. Lord, I take it then as such, like clay in hands of a potter, building holy... Yes. ...to thy
1: touch. I thought you meant to, I'm like, it's just too hard.
2: <laughs> My life's plan is thy molding.
3: Not one single choice be mine. Let me answer unreplaining. I Father, not my will, but self. You
0: know he's one of the greatest unlawfuls of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mister, Mister unknown. Mr. Unknown. Alright, so um, any takeaways besides that one paragraph that Carrie doesn't want to discuss? But actually let's go to, well, I'm there. So, but I wanted I'm to having read.
3: problems with that paragraph too.
0: Okay. 1 Thessalonians so 4, verse 3. It mentions and there to see um, Under what Ariana read And it reads God's will is for you to be holy So stay away from all sexual sin That's what that scripture read In case you wondered what that read When it said see that scripture Well we'll get to that paragraph then shortly But anything before that paragraph
1: well, I can speak to other things Okay Um. Well like I already mentioned um, if, if we go back to page 93, the first page Um, I like where it talked about in the first paragraph that um, godly goals versus personal desires um, that it shows up in the way that we live like whatever is motivating us like what drives us, it shows up in how we live, like who are we serving basically And, and then skipping down that our Christian walk is the result of what we believe um, how we live out our life, how we live out our walk with Christ. You know, and that's funny, and I kind of underlined it because it's something that's said here basically every Sunday, you know, is um, what you believe is what's going to shape your life and what's going to shape your walk. And um, then I thought it was funny, because um, when you think about the word misbehavior, like when you hear the word misbehavior, I associate that with a child because you know, Oh, you're misbehaving. You're doing something wrong. That would be like a, a word that you would use talking about a child. So when it said, because of our misbehavior, be, wait, because our misbehavior is the result of what we have chosen to believe. That's the um, last sentence of that middle paragraph. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Whatever, when we do what we are not supposed to be doing, when we sin in our life, when we, um, whether we speak things that we shouldn't, we act away towards someone when we shouldn't. We Maybe we act away in private that we shouldn't, whatever it is. Maybe when we have doubt or unbelief, whatever it is, it is because of what we have chosen to believe. Our belief system is what drives that. So I I've chuckled when I read it because, like, misbehavior, you know, I just associate that with a child. But basically anyone that is doing something wrong or apart from... God's will, or part from underneath the covering of God, you're misbehaving. Basically, um, it's a result of what you have chosen to believe. So that, but putting it in that terms, I guess, in you know, I maybe needed it to hear it in that way because it stuck out to me. Um, and then the ABC. If I had to pick one um, that I identified with the most, um, maybe where I find myself. Um, I'm a, all the way, um, for me, um, blocked goals. I could totally see that in my life. Um, when I was reading that, I can say, yes, I, that is, that is me. That is exactly how I respond when there is something like, and I can, I can be that way. Like I can get tunnel vision and there's a goal and it, whether it's a personal goal or a project or whatever it is, like, I, I see the finish line. And I want to get it done in my life or in this situation or whatever. And if something comes to block it, I, I see myself reacting in the way that it was described here. So I thought that that was dead on. And um, so when I was reading that, I was like, wow, that really makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you got an example? Oh well, have you spent any time with me? <laughs> but, but yeah, but um, okay. Let's see. Um, okay. Well, we could, like, we could take and make it a minor example. It doesn't have to be like a whole life goal thing. Okay, no, we can do a life goal. Yes, I, we can do a life one. Okay, the big life one was. I have, like, I like everything to go in steps and in plans, and that's how, that's how things should work, and neat, and orderly, and by flowcharts, and, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, D, that's just, it, it makes me feel better, and so that's how I had my life planned out, and so, um, I knew my progression of what I was going to do when I, you know, I knew as a junior in high school, you know what school I was going to go to what my major was going to be you know the scholarships and like I had it all lined up you know and eight you know and I've always been that way and I did it all on my own like I didn't have anybody telling me what to do I just did it and so when I graduated from college I already had like it in my mind that I was going to go and get my master's and so I went and I think I've told the story before so I went and I never had any problem Doing anything I wanted to do. And so I sat down and I took the GMAT, which is the test you have to take to to get into grad school. And I missed, like, I'm making up a number because I don't remember what it is, but let's say you had to get a 450. I think I got like a 430. And it devastated me to the point where I quit. I got mad and it crushed my world. And I saw it as a block. And I never, I never got my master's. And, um, I never, I never, and that was always my goal from like when I was little, like that was, and I just, and I never looked back and I, I kick myself now because I let that block that's, I I could have just easily taken it again and I probably would have passed it and I, you know, I would have continued on like I planned to, but it was, it was a block that hit my life. I got angry. It, it shook my world because it wasn't, you know, it, that, wasn't, that wasn't something that normally happened to me. And I, I let it shatter me. And, you know, but then, you know, it, I, I think that that kind of morphed me into a lifestyle of almost rebellion. Um, because from then, um, I opened myself up to that was when shortly after then was when, um, the drinking started and then from there, um, porn entered my life and from then on every other addictive personality that I had just kind of flared up. And that was when all of those doors were opened when I failed my test to get into grad school. And I, if I would have been thinking correctly, I could have just said, okay, Carrie, it's not a big deal. You can t- People fail these and they take them again. Carrie doesn't fail anything. So I saw it as my world ending and I got angry and I got, didn't know what to do. So I lashed out and my lashing in, lashing out, was at myself and I ended up imploding and here I am at 38 so paying the consequences of that when I could have just as You overreacted a little bit. Yeah, but you you were young though Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was that's, t- that's was 21 and I yeah. was, you know, I had always I never had to try very hard to succeed in life and I failed for the first time and it and it wasn't even like a you know, it's not like I, you know, wasn't like attainable. I, I missed it by a few points, so I could have, you know, it's not like I wouldn't have ever passed it, you know. I, but in my world, I was a failure, and I, there was no coming back from it. So,
0: I wanted to go back real quick and just kind of remind us of this course, um, this freedom in Christ, and I love the progression that He's taken us on. First, uh, presenting the gospel, the good news. Um, Taking us on to understanding the new identity that we are in Christ. What it is to mature in our faith and to live by, I mean mature in our walk with Him and to live by faith. um, How it reshapes our worldview. How then we mature and grow in living by the Spirit. How our mind begins to be renewed. How we recognize that the battle filled is the mind. Um, We also talked about emotional freedom and as all of this is leading up to forgiving, we discussed that and then what it's like to have godly relationships and then now focusing tonight on goals and desires and how these two goals and desires, what they look like in the newness of life in Christ. So I want to go back to the last question the big question on page 92 if anyone wants to answer it how can you set goals for your life that are consistent with God's will
1: I put that you um, you have to know his character and when you know his character you know what would line up with his will so the more you draw close to him the more you learn his character the more you seek his face the more he reveals himself to you. And then you know the things that would fall under the umbrella of his will because you know him personally. You know, when you know someone, you know what kind of pizza, and I'm dumbing this down, or you know what kind of pizza they like, or you know what kind of movies they like, you know, stuff like that. So when you know their character, when you know his character, you know what's going to line up. What time.
0: Anyone else want to add anything to that? I'm gonna call A lot of
3: times when you make choices, goals like that, and you follow through on them. People will confirm. Friends, mm-hmm. that's Loved ones will confirm yeah. what you're doing is right mm-hmm. or the opposite.
0: Yes, it's very true. How about any other thoughts on our reading before we get into the discussion questions?
1: I like the, and this is actually one of the questions, but it comes from the reading, and a lot of the questions always come from the reading. So, um, but the first line of the last paragraph on page 94 God's goal for us is that we become. Who he created us to be. And that sanctification is his will. And sanctification is just being set apart. You know, it is his will that he had people that would be just set apart. You know, to be different, to be pure, to be holy, to be called his own. You know, not like the rest of the world. Even though we are created in this fallen world, and we are fallen people. You know, we're set apart... Because he's made a way for us to be back, you know, reconciled back to him. So I love that that's the simplicity of that line. Like God's goal is just that we be who he made us to be. Um, I'm watching this, okay, one of my favorite Netflix series Season two came out today, so I have to hurry and finish this other one that I'm watching because I'm di- I, I can't do two series at one time; it's too much for my brain. So I'm I'm almost finished with this um, series that I've been watching on Netflix called um, uh, Call a Midwife, and it's a PBS you know um, thing, Masterpiece Theater, and it has um, like British accents and everything, and it's set in the '50s and '60s in London, and an episode that I recently watched and it's dealing with a lot of issues that are coming of age um, uh, post-World War II um, that these women through being a midwife were coming um, to be like we're we're dealing with the the poor people in um, East London um, the East End which was a very poverty stricken area of London London had been hit very hard after World War II and this is; these are all true stories that came from a, a midwife's journal, um, and so you get to know these cast of characters. And some of them are nuns, and some of them are just midwives. But the ones that are nuns are midwives as well. Anyway, I'm fallen and Ari was watching me watch one of the shows while I was cooking downstairs. And um, I, one of the ones that I watched today, um, all of these issues that were taboo at the time, and we, we would think nothing of now. We were just coming of age in the 50s and the 60s, and one of them is homosexuality. And there was um, a, a husband of one of the pregnant women, and all of the, a lot of pregnant people I mean, hello, call a midwife, there are going to be a lot of pregnant people, a lot of pregnant women, they're delivering babies all the time. while one of the husbands um, was caught um, in a sticky situation with a man and that at that time you go to jail like there's no like acceptance like you know you're going to jail so uh the police were called um he was arrested and all they were like they were just kissing um there wasn't even like there was no sex they were just kissing and he was arrested and um he was he was tried and he could have gone to jail for two years just for just for that, and like these are these are true stories of what happened um, during that time, and just the actor that portrayed this person—you just saw the, the torment on his face um, because he was trying to be a husband to this woman who was eight and a half months pregnant with his child, but yet he had all these desires um, for a man, and so. But now he's faced with, you know, jail time. And But what they ended up doing, and which was crazy to me, but uh, they treated you chemically back then. Um, if he didn't have to go to jail, his option was to be out of jail and they would treat you chemically and you could take a pill that would basically put estrogen in your body. And they thought that that would help you quench your desires for the other sex, and, which basically would almost chemically castrate him but um so anyway just seeing him and listening to everyone talk about him in the town and they really you know a lot of people really rejected him and his wife in that town and they really were just persecuting them writing things on their door but some of the more liberal people in the town were like standing up for them and saying you know hey this isn't It was so funny. It's like 1960 by this time. And they're like, this isn't the forties, you know? And I'm just laughing because, you know, in that time, they were the progressives of that time. And so when I see, and, and in his mind, he was trying to be who he thought he was made to be, you know? But when I read like, be who God made you to be, if you have a skewed view of who God made you to be, Like, you have to know who your identity is first before you can be who God made you to be. So when I read that God's goal for us is to become who he created us to be, like, we are never going to be able to become who he created us to be if we don't know our identity in him first. Because this man thought his identity was, you know, was truly to be a gay man. You know, and so there are so many people who are searching for their identity and we, if, we, if our identity is not focused in Christ, then we are never going to be able to fulfill God's desire for us in being all that he wants us to be. Because we're never going to be able to be who he created us to be because we don't know who we, we are supposed to be. Any
0: other thoughts on reading?
4: He kind of sums up everything in like two lines at the end of it, like even through all of the, you know, desires and everything else. It's those two lines right there at the end that Carrie was just talking about. You know, it's that we become who he created us to be. You know, in that process of sanctification is his goal, his purpose for our life in order to bring us to
0: where he wants us to be. So any thoughts on goals versus desires? What did you find? What, was, what wasn't what clicking for you in that?
1: I don't understand those definitions. It's very wordy. They were, they were too mm-hmm. wordy. It was, and I I read them five or six times, and it was too much. I like, I understand that the concept of having godly desires, and I understand the concept of having um, godly goals, but one hinging on um, other people and one not hinging on other people, like it was, it was too much, and so I just. I mean I in general terms I think the terms are self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. So I thought that paragraph was a little confusing, too wordy and I I found myself getting frustrated and angry. <laughs> so as I was reading it and I was like I'm I'm just going to skip it. Like after 15 minutes I was like I have a mental I, I either have a mental block or it's just not written well. So
0: How can distinguishing between goals and desires make you a better witness?
1: I didn't answer that one because I thought that was a tough question and I think it stemmed from that paragraph and I looked at that for a while and never came up with a good answer. I couldn't come up with an answer.
4: I think that Well, to me, I would say that your goal is the the purpose that God has for you. And, you know, his purpose is going to come to pass, where I think, like, a desire that you have to do something, um maybe for him or for someone else or that you're thinking it's in order to like achieve your, your goal, your purpose, that you have to realize, like, okay, so I'm going to try this and I'm thinking I have this desire to do this, but that might not be actually God's purpose for you that might not be his end goal for you and so you if you're okay with you know okay well this is what I thought you know this was my heart's desire and then being okay with it not being what God wanted so I think that you can be a good witness in the fact that like hey you know what I thought God was you know I had this desire in my heart and I thought that this was what you know, God wanted me to do or how I was going to accomplish it but that wasn't his purpose that wasn't what he wanted me to do and it was still okay like that you're, you know what I mean?
0: Because it's not God's desire for us
5: mm -hmm.
0: it's God's goal for us and that's, I love because y'all keep bringing that line up Where it says God's goal for us Is that we become who he created us to be It's his goal mm-hmm. It's not his desires Desires were depending on For godly desires in our life And I like how you worded it It's that those things May kind of pass They may not But either way they're not If it doesn't kind of pass It's not going to hinder God's goal for my life. And what I wrote down here is that when we have a good understanding and we are able to distinguish between goals and desires, it will eliminate a lot of frustrations and disappointments in our lives that would lead to being angry, to being anxious, and to being depressed. And we will actually live lives that are effective, on purpose, and led by the Spirit of God.
4: Yeah, Because if you don't know that because we can have a godly desire, we can have a desire that's coming out of like the true genuineness right. of our heart and if that desire doesn't come to pass and we we stop then you're then you you're not gonna be a good witness because you're like, Okay, well I let this desire not coming to pass stop me from going for God's purpose for my life
0: and a lot of times what happens in our lives because we can bring back to freedom is that we will yoke ourselves then and we will become slaves to sin because we take on this defeated mindset that somehow because this desire didn't bring forth you know this purpose then somehow we're not if you would fit for the kingdom Or whatever, whatever people play around in their minds that we just kind of take up camp and give up. But just because of desires, because these desires are based on all of these, like you know, like you list here people, um, events, circumstances, any of that. But ultimately, that's not to affect our goal. Just because this desire didn't come to pass, that doesn't mean that the goal won't. Mm-hmm.
4: No. Well, that's just like with your, your masters. Like, even if you were... Who said you can't take your GRE now? And you can't get your masters even though it's later in life. You know, because that desire, that having that test at that time and not passing it, didn't come to pass, it didn't mean that your purpose couldn't come to pass just later. So, that's that's the way I take it.
0: Well, if goals and desires are something you adopt in your own mind, how can you know emotionally if you are in the center of God's will?
1: I put, um, do they honor God and His word, and do they draw you to Him?
3: And also you would have a lot of peace about it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Yes. How does the world typically respond to block goals? And what has been your typical response?
1: Well, I think that, well, I already talked about it, but that was what they, in the ABC, that was the, A was anger. You know, and then that's the typical response to when anything, when you're trying to do something, when you're trying, when you have a goal, and you're trying to get something accomplished, and there's there's a hindrance, there's a block, um, and it, it could literally be something as the other day I was headed to a popca from downtown, and this is just a, a tangible example of a blocked goal and my response. Um, the I-4 Ultimate Project is killing the entire city. And I wasn't even getting on I-4, and it's affecting my life. And I needed an entrance onto the 408 from downtown west so that I could get to Apopka. Well, because of the I-4 Ultimate Project, they have certain parts of the 408 closed, um, and the downtown entrance to the 408 westbound is one of them. I didn't know that. I was pressed for time. I'm headed to it and literally I hit a block. Like a road block. Like a huge orange sign that says I can't go. It's traffic is everywhere. How'd you react to it? Oh, I was mad. Everyone around me knew that I was mad. I'm stuck because I couldn't turn anywhere. I couldn't go back. I couldn't. I was literally stuck. I was, I was like, this is ridiculous. Who planned it this way? Like, I, I was literally jammed into a corner. So I was frustrated. And there were detour signs. But, like, I was past the point where I could turn to go to the detour. So I had to wait until traffic cleared so I could do, like, a three-point turn to get back into traffic. And the whole thing was just a mess. It was just poor planning. So yeah, no, I did react in anger because I just, I lost it because I was, I was hit with a block that I didn't see coming and I was mad. And so that's a tangible example of how the world and Carrie reacts when Carrie's in her flesh.
0: And so, and this is for all of us, not just for you, when we find ourselves reacting that way, do we excuse it or do we allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction where we repent of it? The world
1: we should
0: do what you said. Well, I do what I say. but...
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what you we just said. We should do said, the latter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I would not yeah. just what you said. So, but do you find yourself
0: doing that, or do you find yourself more just excusing it because that's just who I am? That's just what I do. That's how I react. I think at one.
1: Well, if we're I don't know if we're just talking to Gary. Well, like, this right is now. just
0: for everybody. I don't know.
1: It feels like we're talking to Gary. we are the only one.
0: That, but okay. So
1: Um, no, now recently. um probably in more recent years if I do react like that I do go back and sometimes it's quicker than others but I, I do go back and repent and I'm like oh lord I shouldn't have reacted like that but no there was a time in my life where I didn't know.
0: And it's important to see those times of repentance and allowing conviction um, because if not then we become hardened and then we begin to kind of spiral out if you would of control and then it just becomes our norm And that's not what God has for us. Because reacting in any of these three, A, B, or C, reacting in a way that um, we're taking it upon ourselves and that we're processing, if you would, in the old nature, it's never going to lead us anywhere. You know, maybe in that moment of release, but it's hardening the heart. And that's what we need to be mindful of. So number three there. I'm going to want you to read that.
4: Why is a manipulator or controller insecure? What false beliefs is such a person harboring?
0: Any answer for that?
4: I am going to say fear. And then I'm going to say the false belief would be that they can do more or better than God.
5: Mm.
4: That they have to take care of it.
5: Mm. You know, God's busy, mm.
4: so let me let me handle this. And so, because um, I think insecurity comes from fear. Definitely.
0: So, what is God's primary goal for your life, and why can't why can't that goal be blocked?
3: His primary goal is He wants you to be conformed to the image of Christ. Mm. It can't be blocked because He's God, and He will perform the good work in you to the
0: day of Christ. Mm. Amen, brother. How does the fruit of the Spirit demonstrate the anticipation? of? false gods
1: antithesis is the opposite the fruit of the spirit is the are the opposite characteristics of everything that a false god represents
0: anyone else
4: well I mean even like the way he was wording those like A, B, C um you know because anger and all of those things um, are the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. You know, if you're walking through the spirit, you're not going to be angry. You know, you're not going to be impatient. You're, uh, you know, you're going to be long-suffering. You're going to be, you're going to want, you're going to wait. So I think that it just... If you're, um, it can definitely show, like, um, your reactions can definitely show what you're walking in at the moment.
0: So how does a Christian establish a legitimate sense of worth? And then how can you live so that you never stumble and if you aren't living that way what should you do about it? Become an hermit. Yes. <laughs> Close yourself off.
1: Making sure that your ways are his ways. Mm. And being careful when you act when you speak mm. that they are lined up to his.
0: Mm. And,
1: and you can't just, just shut up and do
0: Yep, grow in faith, and if you're not living in that way, repent, trust, and obey. I want to read 2 Peter um, 1, verse 3 through 11. And it's a portion of scripture that talks about growing in faith. It reads, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, I love this, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption. Caused by human desires. We spoke last Friday night on Second Peter. I challenged everyone then. I'm going to challenge you all again. Go, if, Even if it's just these verses, 3 through 11. Go and meditate. Pray through it. Sit in these verses for the next couple of days. There's so much here. Let's listen to what it says there. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And so in view of all of that, make every effort, every day, throughout your day, Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Add to your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And with brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has chosen and called. Do these things, and you will never fall away. Or in some translations, it says, Do these things, and you will never stumble. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growing in faith its vital for our walk. All right, so then they ended that session, and if you haven't done it, I would just encourage you to. It's a self-evaluation and, you know, spend some time in prayer and um, work through that if you haven't yet. I would encourage you to do that. So it ends with a big question as we go into chapter 12. If you discover that your goals are not the same as God's goals for your life, what will you need to do to change your focus? Well, the first thing
1: I put was re- obviously
0: you haven't been lined up with the will of God. You've been walking out of the will of God. Amen. Alright, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to do some scripture reading as we're going, as we're wrapping up on session 12. But it opens up, living on the right path. So again, you see again, this progression of freedom in Christ um, ending in with ultimately living on the right path set before us. So Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Ariana, would you read that for us?
2: Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity and in- prosperity. In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering. Me. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Amen.
0: Mm-hmm. The word, Carrie.
1: Each of us lives by faith. We must examine what we believe and renew our minds to the truth of God's word, if we are going to be successful, fulfilled, satisfied, and content. In this last session, we will examine what we believe in light of God's word concerning eight aspects of our personal life. Alright, God's guidelines
0: for the walk of faith. And um, I'm going to read um, the, the guideline, and then I'm going to call on each of you to kind of go through scripture for us to read the scripture. And um, Carrie, let's start with you. If you can look at those three scriptures there, Joshua, Second Peter, and John, Third John. So the first one is success. Success is accepting God's goals for our lives and by his grace becoming what he has called us to be.
1: 7 and 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Hmm. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 3-10. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption based on human desires. In view of this make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things, and you will never fall away. 3 John. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit.
0: Alright, so the first guideline is success. The second one is significance. And the key concept there is time. Backup for A, success, the key concept is goals. Um, So significance, what is forgotten in the passing of time is of little significance. What is remembered for eternity is of greatest significance. And Tom, would you mind reading those verses that tie in with significance? Okay, give
3: me a second. Yeah, no problem, thank you. So, acts 5. X. When they heard this, the high consul was furious and decided to kill them. Mm -hmm. But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the consul chamber for a while. Mm -hmm. Then he said to his colleagues, Men of Israel, take care of what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago there was that fellow Thutis who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed, and all his followers went their various ways. The whole main movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is, leave these men alone, let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. Hmm. The others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. And they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. I think I read the right thing. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. Verse 13. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Mm-hmm. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Seven and eight. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Mm. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come.
0: Mm. The third guideline is fulfillment, and the key concept is role preference. Fulfillment is discovering our own uniqueness in Christ and using our gifts to build others up and glorify the Lord. Gilda, would you read those scriptures for that guideline?
4: Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money to invest for him while he was gone. Did I start off again? He gave five, five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, and one bag of gold to the last dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of gold began immediately to invest the money and soon doubled it. The servant with two bags of gold also went right to work and doubled the money. But the servant who received the one bag of gold dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money for safety. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of gold said, Sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest, and I have doubled the amount. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Next came the servant who had received the two bags of gold with the with the report. Sir, you gave me two bags of gold to invest. I have doubled the amount. The master said, "Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together." Then the third servant with the one bag of gold came and said sir i know you are a hard man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate i was afraid i would lose your money so i hid it in the earth and here it is but the master replied you wicked and lazy servant you think i am a hard man do you harvesting crops i didn't plant and gathering crops i didn't cultivate it? Well, you should have at least put my money into the bank so I could have some interest. Take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of gold. To those who who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. Mm-hmm. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness, where there will be gnashing, weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's to 34, right? Yes. Okay. 30. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne, All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate them as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Mm -hmm. inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your house. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those righteous—sorry, having trouble with my glasses—then those righteous ones will reply, "Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and?" show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing when did we eat when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you and then the king will tell them i assure you when you did it for to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters you were doing it to me
0: romans 12 1-18
4: And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will accept. When you think of what He has done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. As God's messenger, I give each of you this morning, be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so with Christ's body, we are all parts of the same body, and each of us has a different work to do. And since we all are one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us tends to all the others. God has given us the ability to do certain things. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak. Speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly.
0: Second Timothy four, verse five. Now I know and there's some reading, but I want to make sure we hear these scriptures tonight. So don't lose sight on the guideline that it's, they're attached to especially as you're turning their fulfillment I love the fact that when we think about freedom in Christ I love the fact that we're looking at remaining on the right path to be fulfilled to have that fulfillment I love that it points to building up others mm-hmm. and ultimately glorifying God so 2 Timothy 4-5
4: but you should cle- keep a clear mind in every situation. Mm. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at bringing others to Christ. Complete the
2: ministry God has given you. Through.
0: Amen. So the next one is satisfaction, and the key concept is quality. So, um, Carrie, <coughs> could you help Ariana find these scriptures here? Proverbs um, chapter eighteen, verse twenty-four. Matthew chapter five, verse five, and then Second Timothy. Um, verse 7. So satisfaction is living righteously and seeking to raise the quality, look at this, of the relationships, services, and products with which we are involved. So Proverbs um, chapter 18 verse 24.
2: who destroy each other by real friends to the closer than a brother. Matthew, 5.
0: Matthew 5, 5. God blesses
2: those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth.
0: And 2 Timothy. Timothy.
3: Seven. Yeah. Good job, Mark.
2: I have felt Oh, thought. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs>
5: <I> graduated.
1: <laughs> I was like, I'm not looking at it, so I can't help you, but like, you
5: found. <laughs> <I just>, that's <laughs> an odd word. <laughs>
2: Alright. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, mm-hmm. and I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me but mm-hmm. for all who he- eagerly, eagerly look forward to his appearing.
0: Amen. Happiness, Carrie, if you would take those scriptures. And happiness, the key concept is wanting what you have. Happiness is being thankful for what we have rather than focusing on on what we don't have. Okay, um, Philippians 4:12. 12.
1: 12. I know how to live on. Oh, about this one? I know how to live on um, almost nothing, or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little.
0: 1st Thessalonians 5, verse 18.
1: Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you to belong to Christ. 1st
0: Timothy 6, verse 6-8.
1: Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth after all we brought nothing with us when we came into this world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it so if we have enough food and clothing let us be content
0: yeah. fun um, tom if you wouldn't mind reading through those scriptures for us the key concept is unlimited spontaneity the secret to fun is removing unbiblical blocks such as keeping up appearances.
3: 2 Samuel 6, 2022. When David returned home to bless his own family, hmm. Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any other vulgar servant might do. Hmm. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Okay. Romans, Romans 14. 14, 22. See, I got a computer and I'm slower than you guys. (laughs) Romans. Here we go. Romans fourteen. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. Mm-hmm. Galatians 1 Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people mm. but of God if pleasing people were my goal I would not be Christ's servant mm. and 5-1. Uh, five, one. Five, one. so Christ has truly set us free mm. now make sure that you stay free don't get tied up again in slavery to
0: the law. The next one is security, the key concept relating to the eternal. And Carrie, would you take those scriptures for us? And insecurity comes when we depend on things that will pass away rather than on things that will last forever.
1: My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand and pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. What was it, Tim? 39. Oh. No power in the sky, above or in the earth, below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord.
3: Ephesians one thirteen. Thank
1: you. I keep losing my price. Thirteen through what? Fourteen. Oh. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own, by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this, so we would praise and glorify Him.
0: Amen. The last one is peace. The key concept is establishing eternal and I'm sorry, internal order. And Gilda, would you read these scriptures? Mm-hmm. Um, the peace of God is internal, not external. Peace on earth is what we want. Peace with God is something we already have, and peace of God is something we need. So Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17.
4: And this righteousness will bring peace. Quietness and confidence will fill the land forever.
0: Hmm. Jeremiah 6, verse 14.
4: They will offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurance of peace when all is war. John 14, verse
0: 27.
4: I am leaving you with a gift,
5: Mm.
4: peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace of the world gives, the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. And
0: then finally, Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7.
4: Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank Him for all He has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus.
0: Again, I would just encourage you to go back through these. Meditate on these scriptures. Stay a while on these guidelines. Think upon them and how are you applying truth to your life in order to really fulfill these, if you would.
3: You know, the, the real famous peace scripture, I'm surprised you didn't use it. He will keep them in perfect, perfect peace, peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted that in thee. Be, yeah. I'm yeah. surprised yeah. they didn't use that one. That's a great Beautiful. one, too. Isaiah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. All right, so how can you be a good ambassador for Christ?
1: I put you can mirror him in your actions
0: How can a successful politician, a business person, or scientist live consistently with God's word?
1: Well, I thought that was a tricky question, and at first I thought they were trying to trick me, <laughs> but then I realized that there was a simple answer. Um, so I decided to answer it. Um, That's That they can make sure that their goals are lined up with God's goals. Yes. It doesn't matter what profession that you do. Because I was getting caught up in their professions, and I was like, what do you mean? But no matter what profession that they do, that your goals um, should line up with God's goals for your life. And that um, your desires um, should match His desires for you. Mm -hmm. I was thinking um,
4: that they can continue to allow the Holy Spirit to lead them because really it's going to be through the Holy Spirit's power, not theirs because he's going to give them that desire he's going to give them the strength he's going to give them the wisdom, the discernment so allowing the Holy Spirit to continuously lead and then follow his his direction.
3: Thinking, also, I was thinking
0: if they, they love their neighbors themselves. Mm-hmm. They would. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, because it goes back to um, where we talked about the fulfillment of building others up and ultimately mm-hmm. serving Christ. On what does your success as a Christian depend?
1: I put accepting God's goals. Hmm.
0: What does the world call significant that in light of eternity is really insignificant?
1: I thought that was interesting because I just copied the answer from the previous paragraph but things forgotten with the passing of time. Hmm. Um, Because that's what it was talking about with significance. And, and eternity, but um, that paragraph. Yeah, I remember I don't remember where it was. Oh, it's under B. Um, what is forgotten in the passing of time is of little significance. What is remembered for eternity is of great significance. And you know, a lot of times we think that what's happening right here in this moment is the end all, be all, but. Eventually, it's going to be forgotten, and it's of no eternal significance. But yet, we're ma- we're allowing it to control us and to rule us. And but it will eventually be forgotten with the passing of time. So I don't know when I when I was reading that one in particular and going over that one, it it brought a lot of peace that it will be forgotten with the passing doesn't have any
0: eternal value and we talk a lot about here especially, I always put it in front of us is the temporalness of life finding not your worth in the temporalness of life whether it's in relationships or your possessions or anything like that because in a matter of time they're forgotten Mm -hmm. so how can you live a more fulfilled life
1: I really liked this answer, and again, I'm all about, like, taking it from the reading. This came straight from the reading. And it's um, discovering your uniqueness in Christ and using it for others. And, you know, that reminds me of the scripture that we are all part of one body, and we all play different parts, but each part is needed to make the whole. But, you know, unique is one of those... oh. Something, but I don't see it. But I definitely felt it. Like, I like, don't see it. Yeah, like a bug from the beach. Like, I felt it. Anyway, there was definitely something there. <laughs> I felt it crawl away again. But I don't know. Anyway, I've been feeling things ever since the bugs from the other day. Um <laughs> I <didn't say> that? <laughs> <laughs> no. You're never gonna let me go to the top. You have no idea what you've just done. <laughs> Look, he's not gonna be able to control himself. He's sick <laughs> to me too. And you know, I'm just saying, something crawled. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's two marks like that, you see? There was something there, something bit me. No, two marks. You see the two red marks? No. That's from over here. Ari?
0: <coughs> I have two
1: scratches. I have, I have scratches. I don't think they're going
0: to touch that right now. I don't think they're demon scratches.
1: <laughs> I, have, I have their scratches. I'm, I'm getting upset. I'm, I had a headache in days and was getting one. Um, oh boy. What question was I asking? Contest. <laughs> <this is> <laughs> <a deep breath. laughs> what
4: was it? A fulfilled
0: <laughs> life, yes. number four. Anyway, what I was saying before I got bit or whatever scratched me.
1: Anyway, um, what we he's. He's done. He's absolutely done. I can tell
5: him
3: if he did
1: it. You did it. He's done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
3: It's the first thing I thought of. Tom, <laughs> uh, so because the reason I'm laughing, said my <laughs> I was going to say that I'm just
1: saying, I've been more aware of bugs lately. Just talking oh, okay. bugs from the other day. He's like, it's not a demon. It's just. Like
0: <laughs> it just reminds me, because I really, I was thinking that because, um.
1: <laughs> Don't put
0: yeah. it at me. <laughs> Not you. You put all your fingers
1: down.
0: <laughs> There's just been a few times in Bible study or in groups where. Not
1: ones I've been in.
0: Not that you. I haven't been
1: in any of them. <laughs> Except for now. Yeah, but no, that was a bug. There no. was one, I just didn't see it. I'm sure it was there. Oh, Jesus. It flew away.
0: Go ahead. Anyway, there have been
1: times before where finish your sentence.
0: No, where, like, yeah. So.
1: Like, people have gotten, Mm -hmm. or whatever, but that's not what this is. (laughs) This is a bug. was just just a joke. (laughs) It's a good one. No, I'm just saying it's like a frequent thing with him. (laughs)
3: A
5: demon
1: probably would have punched you in the stomach. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Well, I am having some random gold line
0: of pain. All right, you may want to move from there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I. Yes. Anyway, what I was gonna say is the word unique is one of those words that has like a connotation to it. Like when you say that somebody is unique, like that's another way of saying like, oh you're special. Like oh, yeah, you know, like, like like that's a word you can use yeah. to describe somebody that's oh. like like if you another word for like different, like oh, he's really unique, you know, like a nice way of saying like odd almost. So like when I hear the word unique, like I That's the connotation I give to it. But I like here that your uniqueness in Christ, like, everybody is unique. Just like there are no two snowflakes that are alike. There are no two people that are alike. And even though there are people that are similar, there are people that can have the same spiritual gifts, but not everyone has the same personality to go along with those spiritual gifts, so they don't implement them in the same way. But... I think Rob brought it up earlier um, with this paragraph. It talked about using your uniqueness in Christ, um, but it's using it for the betterment of others to build others up. So it's not that you have been equipped to just sit and hold your giftings. Like your giftings are for the betterment and the advancement of the kingdom. And so that's where you get your fulfillment from that's where you feel like you have a purpose and that's where you get contentment from you know not just sitting around and doing nothing with what god has given you because then that's that leaves this emptiness and this void in your life
0: can anything the flesh craves ever be satisfying Simple answer? Well, but
1: I put only temporary. Like, it's it's a fleeting satisfaction. It's for the moment, and then it goes. Nothing. Nothing.
0: What satisfies and continues to satisfy?
1: Well, that came from the reading, living righteously. And I thought that was beautiful, too. Like, if you know what it's like to not live righteously for a period of time, then living righteously... Um, it does give you that sense of like almost that, that ability to breathe like when you've walked around carrying a burden of sin for a really long time when you know that you're living right and to know that that it almost gives you the ability to breathe again so the, and I guess you can call it satisfaction
0: how can you truly be happy in this world
1: Well, I I thought the, their answer I took all my answer from the reading because they're, <laughs> they're all in the reading, but um, I thought it was beautiful that um, being thankful for what you have that that's what it that's what it comes from was um, being thankful, and that's really true when I when I was going through this study and I was like thinking about it when you're if you have that attitude of thankfulness, then you are happy, then you are content, even if you don't have everything you want, what you do have you're thankful for then how can you (coughs) be unhappy and still be thankful? It's really hard to be unhappy and thankful at the same time
3: I've heard people say happiness is a choice Mm -hmm. Mm.
5: Mm. that's true
0: and while we're in this world too we recognize as the word of God calls us to to set our eyes on things that are above
5: Mm
0: -hmm. don't keep them focused on the things that are here Mm -hmm. and now how can you experience the joy of the Lord and make your Christian experience more fun?
1: Well, the reading answer was removing unbiblical blocks. But I thought that was kind of like unbiblical blocks. I really didn't understand that concept. Um let's go
3: So by not taking everything so seriously. Yeah. 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 Oh,
1: the example they such as keeping up appearances,
5: yeah.
0: And what causes you to feel insecure? put that when you depend on things that will pass away. That's good. It's also looking just think about it too is when you're so consumed at looking at self and the lack in your life. That's good. Um so then in that same fault, how can you be more secure? This is something we've been talking a lot. Depending
1: on the eternal, focusing
0: on Christ, your identity in Christ. Yeah. And and sounds maybe, you know, simple or but I I, it's something we need to be doing daily, you all. It's reminding ourselves the moment we wake up to the, the moment we lay down our head is knowing our identity in Christ. And who we are and what is our position. We are in Christ. We are born again. Um so, how do goals and desires relate to the possibility of experiencing peace?
1: Well, goals and desires that are focused on the internal bring peace. If you're, and I was like internal versus external, but basically, like if your goals and desires are all focused on the outside world, like material things, like yourself, basically, and how to how this world is comfortable for you. Or if your goals and desires are focused on the internal, like your spirit, you know, then um, that is where your peace comes from. That, that's where you receive peace from God. anyway, in so your spirit.
0: And finally, what kind of peace can you have, and how do you get it?
3: Peace that surpasseth all mm-hmm. understanding is, that, is what you want. Yes. How you get it, I haven't figured that one out. Peace with God
1: through Jesus Christ.
4: Mm-hmm. What about you? I think it's the peace that he has given us but it's up to us to walk in it. You know, because he says he's given it to us already. Yeah. And so <clears throat> it's up to us to walk in it. And uh, just like Isaiah 26.3 says. is To keep your eyes. If you keep your eyes focused on him. Put your mind fixed on him. Then you're going to be at peace. Because you're going to be remembering. That he's the source of that peace. Where when you start to put your eyes on. Everything else. And let your mind go everywhere. Then that's how You. <coughs> kind of lose that, that sense of peace so I think that that's um, the big thing is remembering that he has given us that peace you know and that's a lot of times when I'm, when I'm praying or when I'm asking God I ask him to you know help me or help whoever it is to walk in the peace that he's given us Walk in the discernment and the wisdom He's given us. You know, like when I when I'm praying for Rob, I mean, he has extremely uh, strong leadership skills. So my prayer for him is always that you know he'll allow God to help him continue to walk in that discernment and in that wisdom and in those leadership skills that He's given him and. You know um and just to remind ourselves that he's given us our you know the peace that we need and i think a lot of times we spend a lot of time praying and asking for things that he's already given us instead of asking him to help us walk in them
0: i remember i had a subtle and i was actually reminded the last trip to the hospital (sighs) Um, after I walked out of the doctor's office and basically the doctor was like, um, you're on the verge of having a massive heart attack. You'll be dead by the weekend and get to the yard. Um, and then go into the car, if you wanted to call the ambulance and said, no, I'm just riding on a front let me drive home, My friend will take me. But I remember getting to the car and sitting there, and a lot of things were just running through my head. <clears throat> but I, it, I remembered years ago and reminded myself then and there, that the peace in which I have in Christ is not based on the temporalness of this life. And I remember Jesus' words when he says, Peace I leave with you, peace I give you. And learning years ago that, that peace is nothing missing, nothing broken. Like, I give you wholeness, nothing's missing and nothing is broken. See your life that way, Rob. And nothing can rob that peace from me. And that's why I was able, I know you all said, and that's why I was so different in the hospital, unlike maybe the last times I've been in the hospital, because I had such a peace. And that's what I kept meditating on and reminding myself on. The whole evening, going through all of that, and then you all leaving, and then just being there alone that night and just resting his arms and just praising him for that. And then recognizing that God, yeah, like help me to remember that daily. Because you know, we are. There's so many things that challenges us daily, and that's what it's trying to rob is our peace. And it just really under that that is such a, a, a an encouragement that I remind myself that God, this is what you've given me. And I can't find this peace in anything else. And even if everything else is coming at me with the kitchen sink, this is one thing I know. So this is what you said you've given. And if you've given it, then I'm believing. And my peace is not based on my feelings. My <coughs> peace is not based, this peace is not based on my emotions or my mindset or anything else that's trying to stir it up know my peace is based in Christ and in Christ alone. And in Christ, there is nothing but fullness of victory. Because he has already overcame this world. And that's why I love it when he says, be of good cheer. In this world, you will have trouble. Be of good cheer. And to be that good cheer is maintaining, if you would, that peace that peace that surpasses, as you said, all understanding.
3: I think another key where he says one place is you have to guard your heart and your mind.
0: Yes. If you don't guard your heart and your mind, you're going to lose your peace. Yeah, that's very true. Because your your heart and your mind should be set. And yeah, if you're not guarding it, yeah. Because as you think, so you go. So I just want to look at these eight guidelines. I'm just going to read them one more time. Success. Success. key concept is goals. The significance, the key concept is time. The fulfillment is a key concept of role preference. The satisfaction is a key concept of quality. Happiness, I love that. The key concept of wanting what you have. Fun, the key concept is uninhibited spontaneity. And then security, key concept relating to the eternal. And then peace, establishing internal order, living on the right. So again, not next Friday because the wedding's next Friday, but the Friday afterwards we're going to pick up in the bonus session, the introduction of it, and then one through three, and then we'll follow up. And last Friday, and this was steps four through seven, and then just the closing remarks in the bonus session. Any final thoughts <laughs> before we close? Again, I wouldn't. I would hope that you all that this will be a resource that you all would go back to. Grow in, mature in. If you're lacking in any of these areas, it's okay. To seek Christ, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, and then be accountable to each other in growing in these areas in our lives. All right. I'll let me close with a song of worship. And then, Gilda, would you close us in prayer?